Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from SlyFlourish.com and Twitter.com slash SlyFlourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a show shot uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. This show, like all of the shows that you find on Sly Flourish and on YouTube and everything else, is brought to you by the fine backers of... Uh, the fine patrons of Sly Flourish at patreon.com slash Sly Flourish. If you want to help support the show and pay, help support the infrastructure that it takes to make this, this, this video and lots of other odds and ends, uh, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Sly Flourish and becoming a Sly Flourish patron. Uh, patrons get access to a few different exclusive, uh, uh, few different exclusive things such as uh, a, a, a adventure that is only available to patron backers called Regnum Radis. They also get access to a new, uh, a new kind of thing I'm creating called uh, Adventure Generators. These are sort of one-page sets of random tables built around a central theme to help you build your own adventures uh, that are set around that theme. So we have like a Seven Samurai one. Uh, this next month, we're going to release a Heart of Darkness one. Uh, there's one for arenas, there's a general one for just sort of general adventures, and that's probably something where every month I'm going to release a new one of these generators uh, that will be available to everybody who supports the show or supports Sly Flourish on Patreon. Patreon. Uh, what else? So, so a couple of other things that the patron, and I want to thank those who are supporting uh, Sly Flourish on, on Patreon, and a couple of things that I have added recently, uh, both of which cost money. Uh, one is a Sly Flourish newsletter. So you can subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter if you go to Sly Flourish. Let's see. Let's go. Let's go do it right now. It's all the links are in the notes below, but you can go to, if you want to find it, you go to Sly Flourish. And over on the right-hand side is a newsletter. And if you click that, it goes to the newsletter. Put in your email address. You don't have to put in any other information. And every Monday morning, uh, I think it's about 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, you will get the latest Sly Flourish article sent straight to your inbox. Uh, so thanks to the Patreon, uh, the patrons of Sly Flourish for my ability to do that. The other thing, uh, this is, I've never told anybody, I think I might have told some people in my Discord chat, uh, is uh, on Podbean, let's see if I can find it. Uh, there is now a Sly Flourish podcast called Sly Flourish's Lazy Damn Prep. That is a, uh, you're, if you may be listening to this show on that podcast, because uh, this is a rebroadcast of uh, the my lazy DM prep and actually all of the videos that I do uh, are rebroadcast as a podcast. Uh, I'm just starting this up, so uh, I had previously been um, uh, all of these had been going out on podcast form to, through the Don't Split the Podcast Network. My friends uh, James Intercasso and Rudy Basso were uh, hosting that for me. Rudy was uh, diligently going through and editing them and getting them down to size. And uh, putting them, putting intro music and everything into it made a really wonderful podcast. Uh, both Rudy and James have decided to move on from the Don't Split the Podcast Network. And uh, thus, I need a new avenue in order to get these shows out. So I created this podcast. I set it up yesterday. And again, it costs money. And thanks to the patrons of Sly Flourish, I was able to afford it. And uh, this is due to them. And it already has all, uh, it has 30 episodes up already, uh, all properly dated from the last 30 videos of Sly Flourish. They go all the way back to session zero of Eberron. So you can listen to all of the Eberron sessions in audio format. You can subscribe with your favorite podcast app uh, and get it there as well. And that is thanks to uh, thanks to the, the, the patrons. The one difference between this 
a big difference between this one and the one that was on the Don't Split the Podcast Network is these are unedited. So uh, what I noticed is like they have a lot of dead space in the beginning. You have to get about eight seconds in and then the, then the show starts. Uh, and they are not pared down. And because this show is largely visual, uh, there are times where you will like be listening to me typing on a keyboard. Uh, and normally that would be edited out. Uh, in this case, it will not be edited out. So, uh, but hopefully you can still enjoy it. It's still kind of a fun way to hang out and, and, and uh, you know, listen to somebody prepping their D&D game. So hopefully you like that. Again, you can subscribe on Podbean. Uh, I'm going to start putting links and everything. I want to make sure it all works first before I start advertising it too much. But this show is going to be on there anyway, so you might as well hear about it. So that's thanks to the Sly Flourish backers. I'll paste that in case anybody wants to subscribe or pass it around. I'll put that in the Twitch chat. So... Uh, in our last session, if you recall, uh, I was using uh, one of the adventure generators uh, from uh, one of those adventure generators I just mentioned to generate an adventure for my Eberron game uh, in which they are traveling through Kyber. Uh, give me a second and I will, uh, let's see, it's in the patron hangout and we go here and we'll go to... Uh, adventure generators and you can see them uh i'll paste it let's see where are we oh did I, I guess i pulled it up right you guys can see that yep so that's uh the adventure generator front page uh again this is uh, available to patron backers uh if you go to patreon.com become a patron uh in my uh note and if you go look through the posts one of the posts i think it's the 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 pinned post has links to all of the freebie stuff that you guys get as patrons but I picked the Seven Swords one. And so uh, this is, you know, it's got five tables you can roll on, sort of 10 options each for uh, generating an adventure. And mostly its, it's goal is to kind of get your mind as a DM working to build your own. And that's what I did. So uh, in the version that I ran, uh, a goblin village uh, was under attack by a, by a bugbear tribe known as the Black Claw Bugbears. The goblins are miners. Uh, they're miners of obsidian and miners of coal. Uh, and their village sits upon the lair of an ancient red dragon who is now dead. Uh, the ancient dragon, however, did leave an egg behind. And the goblins, uh, it's sort of a presence thing. You know, if you think about it like the, the lair, the lair actions or the, the um, regional actions of a dragon, that the dragon's mere presence made the area very useful for goblins. And uh, so they, um, uh, but the dragon died, so there was no defense and the uh, egg was there. And this bugbear tribe known as the Black Claw Bugbears have a menagerie of monsters. And the leader of the bugbears is desperate to get a dragon. Here He has a wyvern, but he doesn't have a dragon and he wants a dragon. So he came by and told them, you, you know, vacate this area, leave, or we're going to kill you all, but we're coming for that egg. And the goblins are like, if we leave, we're going to just get killed here in Kyber. Like the one thing we've got is we've got our home and we've got our, our the, the protection of this regional area. And if we leave, we're just going to get killed by any, you know, we're, we'll be, you know, we'll just be wiped out in Kyber. So we're not leaving. So they sent a small group out. The small group found the characters and they, the characters were fighting a bunch of ghouls. And they um, saw the characters kick ass against ghouls and said, you're the ones that can save us. Come and save us. So. So the, the, the characters all went to the town. They met with the elder. They learned about the egg. Uh, the, the town was very apprehensive about um, the egg. And 
because they didn't they weren't sure like oh the character is going to steal it right like they might take it but the character said no we're not going to take it so they saw the egg uh they went down and um and then they looked around the town and like what can we do and i made it clear that they have a couple options and both of these are like seven swordy sort of options one was seven samurai sort of options uh one was you can build up the town and try to defend the town from the onslaught when it comes uh, two, you can go to the villainous base and try to dismantle the leadership there or try to get rid of it before the uh, attack comes uh, or a little bit of both. If you ever watch the movie Seven Samurai, uh, they actually go to the camp well, where the bandits are and they manage to kill a bunch of the bandits and then leave. And then the rest of the bandits, you know, it's kind of like kicking a hornet's nest. So those are all options. Uh, what I love about this scenario is it's a very open ended scenario. It's very much a situation that you set up. And the players navigate it how they will. And, and the DM's job is just to make sure that the options are on the table, that they don't feel like they're railroaded. They, they have choices they can, they, can, they can go. And you can keep kind of expanding on those choices. So I began the last session uh, they, when, with them discovering that there were some, there about six bugbear scouts with three axe beaks that were um, in a nearby ruin. And the characters uh, made their way out to the ruin and fought the bugbears, stopped them from running back to let the rest of the bugbears know that the, um, uh, that, that the goblins had hired mercenaries. And um, so they stopped that message, but they also learned that, the, uh, that there was a goblin. Um, one of the goblins has betrayed the village. They don't know who. And um, so information might be getting back already. So they, the, the group said, okay, never mind. We're leaving right now. We're going to go to the bugbear place and get there, hopefully before word gets back that the mercenaries made it there. And uh, so then we had a journey where they went across. I think, what did they fight? They fought something along the way. Oh, carrying, carrying, not, was it carrying crawlers? I don't think it was carrying crawlers. It was like, uh, what were they? Big nasty things um, that they fought on their journey. Uh, they, they fought on their journey there. Uh, they, they found a huge stairwell. And they went up the stairwell and along the stairwell were these creatures hanging from the ceiling uh, that dropped down. I don't think they were, what the hell were they? Damn, I can't remember. Um, but they, they defeated them. Uh, they made it to the edge and then they saw down below was the, uh, the menagerie, this former Dakani ruin turned into a menagerie by the bugbears. And they saw that there's actually an underground river that goes underneath the ruins. So they had a choice of like, do we want to kind of go in the front door? They're, they saw that there are about eight or eight to twelve bugbears that were kind of lurking around outside the the, the place, uh, or they could um, uh, they could go through the the uh, under the, the ruins underneath, uh, and they decided to go through the underground river. So I said okay, and and that was one where um, I didn't uh, uh, I didn't yet have an underground river prepared. But luckily, I, 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 the, the thing I did do was I had them make their choice right at the end of the session. I said, which way are you going to go, front door or underground river? And they said, we want to go through the underground river. I said, very good. That's where we'll end today's session. So the next session is they're up on the cliff, uh, and they are um, about to enter the underground river, which uh, resides underneath the um, – uh, which resides underneath the ruins. So uh, we will start. And uh, if somebody in chat, I really should set up a robot for this, but I don't know how to set up a robot for this. So I am using Notion as my, uh, my for my game prep notes. There are previous videos where I talk about using Notion. I also have an article on Sly Flourish talking about using Notion. Uh, links to that are uh, in the show notes. Uh, 
But I, throughout this, I know people are going to drop in and go, oh my God, what tool is he using? So uh, if you would, please link to um, my article about Notion and that will tell people what to do because I always you know, forget. So first thing we do is we have our session planning template. So we take this and we duplicate this. Uh, that gives us a new copy of our session thing. And we, we go into the session notes. We rename it to, let's see, 23, August 2020. Sunday, D&D, Sunday, Eberron. Thank you, Gondolar. You're the best. Gondolar will, will, will do the link. Uh, let me, I'll give you the link I'll, just to make life easy. Uh, notion, 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 Notion. Using Notion for lazy campaign planning. Uh, there's the link. So, uh, I've got my adventure notes. So the first thing we're going to do is review the characters. Uh, if you are live on Twitch, you can, uh, I, I, I'm using the D&D Beyond plugin so that you can go and review the characters yourself uh, by, I think you can mouse over. If you're, you have to be on the PC version. Uh, you have to be on the web-based version that's on a computer. You can't be on an iPad or anything like that. Uh, but you can uh, open up, uh, you can mouse over, I think, and it'll bring up a little thing and you can see the characters for this campaign, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, I am not going to do that. I am going to go here and I'm going to go to my Sunday characters. So we have, so Zarentir. I so Pat, my, my player Pat uh, is the one who runs Zarentir. Uh He's been gone the last three weeks. So, and I haven't heard that he's back this week either. He's been gone for a while and I haven't been able to get in touch with him. So I'm not sure what's going on. Hopefully uh, he will be back today. And if he is, I don't know how we're going to bring Zarentir back in because the last time we saw Zarentir was falling off of an airship. Uh, well, away from here. So maybe he's, you know, kind of a prisoner or I don't know what we'll do. Um, so we have Saber. Uh, Saber is a uh, shifter, monk, bounty hunter, member of the Four Ways Monastery. Uh, so he, uh, is, is all about this thing. Uh, boy, he got the tip of his quarter staff. He has a collapsible quarter staff and he was fighting the ax beak and the ax beak knocked the tip of his quarter staff off. And the player, Brian was really unhappy about the fact that his, uh, quarter staff got damaged. And then I kind of made a mistake. He went to the goblins to get it fixed and the goblins said, well, we can't fix it. We can kind of modify it a little bit. And they put like a big piece of wood on the top of it. And he wasn't happy with that. So he's still now, now I have a feeling that every time we see anybody, he's going to be asking about getting his quarter staff fixed. And I'm going to first opportunity to be able to do so. He will be able to get it fixed. Uh, but he did get a cold iron quarter staff in the meantime, lightweight, cold iron quarter staff. It cannot be broken and it, it cannot be melted. Uh, it is always cool to the touch, no matter how much heat it's used as a pole to pull through lava. And uh, it's lightweight enough, and it counts as attacking with um, uh, magical, as a magical weapon, for the sake of magic weapons. Uh, Shift is one of the first Warforged, uh, built in an alliance between House Kenneth, Breland, and uh, Karnath, the nation, the undead nation of Karnath. Uh, her brother is named Crash, and she has Crash's, Crash was a member of the Emerald Claw, and Crash's uh, memory crystal is embedded in her head, and he can he can she can hear him uh shane husk is a uh hobgoblin novelist uh who recently kind of reconnected with the hobgoblin tribe that his family was from back when they they met them on the surface so he's now down here and he's kind of very interested in the dakani and uh, the other sort of uh goblinoid nations that exist banner is a warforged uh follower of the becoming god um a paladin kind of left his most violent ways doesn't have a problem beating the hell out of stuff with a sword i'll tell you but um, 
left his violent ways, or left left the ways of the Lord of Blades, uh, and now has a more of an open mind. Uh, Arwen Chi Zizu is a member of House Civis, I think. Uh, yeah, House Civis, Dragonmark, Leighton Dragonmark, uh, and possessor of the double dodecahedron compass that can lead them to uh, to Claw Rift, which is where the Weapon of Mourning was created. Uh, so those are the characters today. Uh, and let us go back to our notes. So we go to our notes. Um, in my Discord chat today, there, uh, some folks last night, you know, a lot of times the most interesting conversations happen at like 11, 11 p.m. and I'm asleep. Uh, people were talking about how long it took to prepare a game. And that and, and some some folks are saying like, you know, I use the steps from return, but boy, they don't, they don't save any time. Like it still takes a long time to prep. And I could, I could, I can understand that. And I'm not going to, you know, no one's prep is wrong. And if it works, it works. Um, there's questions about like, well, where is that time taking place? So I asked the person and they said that scenes took a long time and locations took a long time. And I can see scenes taking a long time or I can see locations taking a long time, but scenes shouldn't take that long. Like I, you really don't need a lot. And I can almost skip it, right? I almost didn't have it in the book because I felt like, oh, the rest of it, you know, scenes will kind of play out as they play out and situation-based D&D &D plays out as it plays out. But I worry that people are using scenes as a way to kind of like build full encounters. And so my question was like, well, what's your word count when you're done? Like it should be like a couple of words. It shouldn't be big paragraphs and stuff. So I don't know. And I'm not, it shouldn't, shouldn't again. Like I'm, it's not up to me to tell people how to, how to prep. Um, you know, but if people are looking at exploring it, one thing I would explore is that scenes should really be fast, right? Locations I can see being lengthy. Like that can be kind of hard, but you'd probably don't need a lot of locations. Um, and I think there's some kind of fast ways to, uh, to, to build locations. So, uh, evil John says my scenes need a sentence. Yeah, I can usually, cause I have in my head. So I usually like, I mean, you see it in here, you know, two or three words. So the characters are on an overlook. Ah, um, bugbear on wyvern. Uh, the bugbear chief, right? So the bugbear chief on uh, the wyvern is flying. He's, he's taking out, he's going for his morning. I should drink my coffee. I've got full coffee here that I'm not enjoying. Um, so the bugbear chief um, uh, could be taking his wyvern out for its morning, uh, its morning stroll. Um, that could be fun. This could be like that scene in Lord of the Rings where Frodo and, and, uh, Gollum and, um, his gardener, Sam, they're all outside of Mi Minas Morgul and they see the armies kind of coming out of Minas Morgul and they see, um, the, uh, uh, the Lich King, the Witch King, the Witch King of Agnar, right? Comes flying out on a dread wraith or whatever those things are called. The big, the big crazy flying wyvern things and stands there and it roars and freaks everybody out. So this could be a little bit like that, but probably not quite as, you know, not quite as dramatic, but it'll be flying around. And the question is like, will it see them? Do they hide? You know, what do they do to, you know, are they going to try to attack it? Can they hit it with a lightning bolt? Uh, if they attack it, I think it's going to, they're, they're going to fly away and return back through to the um and then they're gonna get ready they're like oh, oh we're under attack so it'll 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 alert them um if they go there and then i and then we'll see like hopefully they don't change their mind and say well they know we're here now so let's run in the front door 
Um, we'll have to figure out uh, how that's going to go. So uh, scenes, I'm not really going to do a lot with scenes today. They have the wyvern flight uh, and then enter uh, enter the underground river and then steal in into the menagerie, right? That's pretty much it, right? I really don't need a lot for scenes. What was that? 30 seconds? Um, so secrets and clues. Uh, what are some? So I need, uh, oh, what was I going to name that? Um, I had a name for this guy. Uh, and I had an archetype that I really liked. Damn. What was it? It was a movie I just saw. Let me, let me, let me go to uh, my notes from last week and we'll see. Old Adventures. And we will go with 16 August Sunday. Cran. Uh, Cran the Mighty was a bugbear champion and leader. And I was basing him on somebody. I had a really good NPC. Um, let me just keep my other notes up. Um, I had a really good NPC from a... Um, uh, from a movie who was it it wasn't from last of the mohicans last of the mohicans is a wonderful movie to to, to take things from uh something i watched with michelle oh well it'll come to me so you have cran the mighty he's a bugbear champion and leader and he's a reskinned um i think was i gonna reskin him as an ogre or a giant uh let's hello kitty um oh don't short out the mic sometimes she shorts out the microphone uh, I think we were going to reskin as a hill giant. Um, yeah, I think we're going to reskin as a hill giant. So he's going to be, he's pretty tough, right? Um, he's as strong as a giant, they say. Um, and he is going to have, um, he probably has a hobgoblin, uh, devastator um as a bodyguard or as a sage right so um uh, that'll be a good one uh let's see if they have i think they have hobgoblin names in xanathar's guide uh, let's go to source books let's go to xanathar's guide and uh non-human names I think these are all dwarf names. Well, well uh, Osric. We're gonna we're just steal. We'll just steal a name from there. Any name is fine. Osric the Hobgoblin Devastator. Osric the Devastator. Um. Any other NPCs? Is there anybody lurking around? Uh, down below. Um, could there be goblin thieves or or other? What other could there be an what other interesting NPC might lurk down, either lurk in or lurk down. Uh, in the um, uh, beneath the uh, beneath the menagerie in the underground river. Uh, uh, oh, Diorate says it was Reeskin Frost Giant. Yeah, maybe we'll go with the Frost Giant. Right? The Frost Giant has an axe. Uh, so I think you might be right. And my players will thank you 
for reskinning a frost giant instead. They're badass. Yeah. 138, two great X, 25 damage a hit. Woo. Um, yeah, that's fine. Uh, my players will thank you for, um, yeah, for that. Um, damn, I wish I could remember Kran, Kran's, um, archetype. Oh, it was going to be a good one. Oh, Khan, uh, from Wrath of Khan. Although it doesn't really work. He can look like him though. He's got big gray hair, you know, he's old and grizzled, but he loves his beasts. So yeah, not really. Um, uh, let's see. So I don't know. I don't know if I should have another NPC. Let's just, let's add one. So let's go to Donjon and we'll go to our NPCs. Um, the fifth edition, random generator, and we'll go to NPCs. And we have uh, a male tiefling monk could be down there, a female elf rogue. Uh, I think I, I kind of like this. Um, Alatheris, female elf rogue, and maybe she's there, and maybe she wants something. Um, but what what happened? Maybe she got wounded. She's pretty badly wounded. I hate having NPCs join the characters. It's it's something I don't like. But we'll throw. Um, uh, we will throw a uh, NPC down there uh, as well. It's kind of funny. Uh, I should suggest to Donjon. Maybe I'll send an email or something saying for the NPCs, it would be really cool to either have the bonuses and not the scores, um, or something like that. Because like the the scores don't really help me. But zero plus two, zero, zero, plus one, plus one. That's more useful. Um, it's not going to say, is she Aranai? What is, what, what, uh, tell me about Aranai. Remind me about Aranai. That sounds awesome. Uh, uh, oh no, it's Lino says, why do you hate having NPCs? I don't want to ever take the, why do you not like having NPCs join the group? Uh, I don't want to take the spotlight away from, um, uh, I don't want to take the spotlight away from the characters. I want the char- I want the story to be focused on the characters. And if you have an NPC, both the DM and the players will have a tendency of all sort of shifting their lenses over to that NPC. The players like them because they can like take damage and they can do other attacks and sort of like freebie stuff. And the DM focuses on them because they're there. So like monsters are attacking them. So I really don't like um, uh, nice, nice little bit of regular expression there, John. Um, so, uh, the, I really don't like taking the spotlight away. I, I, and I, it changes the challenge and everything like that. It just, it adds a whole bunch of, it adds a whole turn. It increases the amount of time everything takes. There's lots of reasons why, but, you know, so I always have them come in either wounded or they're like, look, I'm not going with you. So I, I think there was a point where I almost had two NPCs join the characters and I'm like, they might be able to join them in other ways. Like having new crew for your airship is great. Or having people that hang out in your lair or having people that go off on their own missions and come back and say, um, uh, you know, yeah. So I'll tell Bing, you said that that's different companion characters for solo games for, for one-on-one games, totally different story. Totally. I played a one-on-one game with my, with my wife, Michelle yesterday and for a one-on-one game, um, totally different. I, I love companion characters. I mean, you ha- I think you have to have them. I think it's a critical piece of running a one-on-one D&D game. 
that's different. And when you have four or five people, you don't need them. And, and then they just take spotlight away. So there's definitely a balance there. So those are good for NPCs. Um, I'm skipping by secrets and clues. So uh, what is, let's see, what are some of the secrets? Uh, Krang, Kron, over his menagerie. Um, am I spelling menagerie right? I'm totally not spelling it right. Uh, Kron obsesses over his menagerie uh, and always wants to add new creatures to it. Uh, um, many of Kron's uh, uh, monsters, his pets, many of Kron's pets uh, are dangerous to everyone. Uh, that's a good secret. Uh, the goblins have access to an ancient, um, I think let's say a dwarven, right? We'll go with a more, M-R-O-R, more, the more dwarves, an ancient more gate uh, that leads far to the north. So I think the goblins will take them there and then they, they won't have to make this big long journey through Kyber. They'll actually be able to step through a gateway and it takes them to this whole area. Um, but they've been keeping that gate secret. Uh, what other? Um, I think I, I like to put a little bit of, uh, I think, uh, Osric, Orsic, the Devastator, uh, thinks Kron is a fool and wants to take over the Black Claw bugbears. Um, so that, uh, you know, that could be found out by talking to bugbears and things like that. Um, and maybe it's not just, uh, bugbears in here, but also some goblin assassins, right? Um, that could be, um, uh, so the bugbears have a small team of goblin, uh, spies, known as the Little Claws. Um, who is the traitor? Uh, the traitor, the elder's son, the goblin. Uh, and the goblin elder's son is named... Um, Goblin name generator from fantasy name generators. Um, Strius. That doesn't sound like a goblin name at all, but whatever. Uh, the, uh, Strius, the goblin elder's son, is the traitor. Uh, he is the one that gave it up. He believes um, it's time to move on and not uh, spend their entire existence above this dragon lair. Um, the goblin, so the goblin town uh, was protected by the ancient red dragons. Um, Territory. 
territorial power. That power faded when the dragon died. Uh, and now the power will be restored when the wormling is uh, when the wormling is born. Uh, what else do we have? Three more secrets and clues. What other interesting uh, things um, do we have? Uh, the quaddle. I have no idea how to how to how to spell quaddle. Uh, let's go back here. Quaddle. C O U A T L. Um, the captured quaddle. Uh, Uh, is cursed with a headband of lost intellect. So there's a headband on the quaddle that has removed its intelligence uh, and turned it just into a pretty rainbow beast because it's very intelligent normally. It's plus four int, plus five whiz. Now it is like zeroed out. Uh, I guess it's the equivalent of a feeble mind. Um uh, intelligence and charisma become one. I guess wisdom, but uh, yeah, it doesn't matter if your intelligence and charisma are one. Uh, so a headband of feeble minding. Quaddle's curse with a headband of the feeble mind. Um, what other kinds of anything interesting with the gates and the more holds? I, we can throw a couple bits of lore about the more dwarves. Um, uh, I was looking into this yesterday for my wife's game too. So the more dwarves uh, known on the surface uh, could possibly be the exiles of the deeper dwarves. Um, that's one. No one knows where the more dwarves came from, but it may not even be from Eberron. Um, I don't know if that's going to come into play, but you never know. I mean, th those, those are pretty wide secrets, so we'll see if we get any other secrets. Um, so now we need some fan... Whoa, that was weird. Why did it highlight far away? So let's go to uh, locations. Um... Uh, and I think in the Bugbear Menagerie, I added another map. Yeah, so I've got a river map underneath uh, that'll work. So the real location, whoops, uh, is um, the Bugbear Menagerie. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff there. Uh, so NPCs, I'm good. Um, Monsters. I'm deciding whether or not monsters are best placed in these notes here or put in the notes of the location. But I think I'm going to keep them abstract 
So I'm going to put some monsters in here. Uh, so we have uh, Bugbear Champion, which is a Frost Giant. Uh, we have a Hobgoblin Devastator. Uh, we have probably six uh, uh, Bugbear Veterans. And we basically just take the Veteran stat block and reskin it as a Bugbear. Uh, and then probably 24 Bugbears. Uh, and maybe four Goblin Spies. Again, just use the Spy stat block. So that's kind of the main force. And then we have the Menagerie. Uh, we have a Wyvern. We have an Owlbear. Uh, we have a Quaddle. Uh, we have, what are some other, hey chat friends, uh, what are some other interesting monsters uh, that might be in the Menagerie? Uh, and we're actually gonna split this up into, so we have uh, Bugbear. Uh, these are the, what do we call them, Black Claw. Uh, Black Claw Bugbear Tribe. Uh, then we have the Menagerie. Uh, so these would probably be mostly unintelligent beasts. Think think along the lines of owlbears and stuff. Uh, a naga, like a naga would have escaped. Chimera, yeah, I think I had a chimera last time. Good one. And it's wild and untamed. Uh, and then we have the lurking... Um, So we got really three different kinds of monsters. We have the lurking beast of the underground river. Uh, we have the monsters of the menagerie and we have the black claw bugbear tribe itself. Uh, a manticore. And probably the manticore and the chimera are too close together. Uh, we could have death dogs. Uh, maybe a pack of death dogs. How many death dogs? Four death dogs. That'd be pretty great. His hounds. Uh, an Atiag? I mean, yeah, there's always room for an Atiag, but I don't know. Phase spiders, they would probably get away. Um, yeah, I think the um, a Remoraz. Wah! That's a little scary. Remoraz probably would have killed all the bugbears. Um, a Flail Snail, that's not a bad idea. I like that one. Um... I like that one if I could spell flail or snail. Um, cranium rats also probably would have completely overtaken the uh, bugbears, right? Like cr cranium rats are pretty smart, especially in large numbers. Um, a basilisk isn't bad. Did they fight a basilisk? They fought a gorgon. I don't remember if they fought basilisks before. I don't think they did. Um, Catablepus. Uh, Catablepuses, Catablepi are really great for hag lairs, you know? I love to have, like, hag lairs out in the swamp, the depths of the swamp, with, um, uh, you know, with a bunch of, like, Catablepus lurking around, and they look with their gaze. I had them. They were pretty great. Um, I think a basilisk, uh, or, you know, a couple of basilisks would be... Basilisks down in the... Actually, I'm going to put basilisks in the lurking river. Um, and this we're going to number. I want to build, like, a small random uh, grick. Oh, the gricks! That's what they fought last time. 
Uh, yeah, they already fought Grix. Uh, that was what fell off of the ceiling and attacked them. And that freaked them out. They really... Grix were fun. I, I hadn't really run Grix before. And even against 7th level characters, Grix were, Grix were hard. Um, I might move the Flail Snail... down into the underground river. Uh, um, what other creatures? Um, so you could have uh, adder caps uh, and uh, face spiders. That could be a good one. Um, a grell could be i think a grell is probably too much like i want to do a grell in another area uh let's get uh let's see let's take a look and pull out the old lazy dm workbook and let's look at there's a bunch of monster sets in here a different challenge ratings uh i've done a bunch of jellies and stuff i'm kind of bored of jellies basilisk is good cr3 and 4 giant scorpions green hag hellhound knight manticore Lummy, Nightmare, Owlbear, Face Biters, um, Quaddle, Etten, Ghosts, Chul, Lamia. Ooh, they already found a Lamia. So now we're in the CR4-5 category. There's probably not anything of that that powerful lurking down below. You can always have a giant crocodile. Uh, could you do an interesting... Could there be kind of an angle on a giant crocodile? Because crocodiles down in the... Giant crocodiles are ruthless, too. Uh, and this could be mutated, right? Let's do a mutation. So if we go to D&D Beyond and we go to Sources, Sourcebooks, Eberron. I think I have this open already. Um, I've got it open in another window, but that's okay. Uh, we're going to go to Adventures in the Mornland. And I believe this one has a table of monstrous mutations. Uh, grown to unusual size. Well, that's a giant crocodile. Uh, develop magical camouflage, proficient in stealth. That would be great. Stealthy camouflage. Uh, infused with the kind of energy. You could have an energy crocodile. Acidic crocodile. God, that'd be awful. Ooh, a crocodile, a, a giant crocodile with displacer beasts. Uh, Eric, that is an awesome, uh, that is an awesome idea. Uh, so I think, yeah, God, that's, that's terrible. I think, uh, giant crocodiles, they're like, they're pretty high challenge. They're challenge five, but then you give them a displacer beast. Yeah. The, the dis giant displacer crocodile. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. My giant displacer. Um, Cool. All right. So that's a good one. Um, a gibbering mouther. That's not bad. Yeah. Rest in peace. When they were like, ah, the camouflaging, you know, camouflaging displacer giant crocodile that's swallowing people. That could be really brutal. Um, what else could we have? One more. I want one more lurking underground um, monstrosity. I'm not, I'm not going to run all these. I just want to have like a list of some ideas. Uh, hook horror is not bad. Um, I don't know what the hook horror would be doing lurking around down in the river. I think like having this underground river, you know, some, some aquatic, 
you know, some more. Oh, um, Dol Dolgrims, right? Like I was going to introduce Dolgrims. Um, um, yeah, I, I wanted some Dolgrims. So we're going to put them in here. Mutated goblins that have been mutated by the um, Daleker. Right. And I think there's like a couple that wandered around in here uh, and got kind of lost down down below. So we're going to have some. Okay, cool. So I got my monsters. Uh, treasure. Uh, whoops. What happened there? Um, so I want to. Uh, what what does. Uh, I could go hardcore. But I think like they'll give it to the paladin and he'll just kill everything all the time. I was thinking of a belt of frost giant strength um, to make up for the fact that the guys reskin frost giant. Uh, um, that's a C, uh, 23. So that would give whoever gets it then would have. I love that every one of these is odd. What kind of dick made every one of these an odd number on their strength? Uh, so that's plus six strength so normally somebody that will have an eight a four or a five uh i'm gonna cheat we're gonna we're gonna let's see because the, the character who would most likely oh the mo character who most likely get it isn't here so that's interesting um uh so who would end up taking it? let's go to my sunday game and um aha i already know so uh so Arwen, let's say uh, Banner would be the one that's got the highest strength. And did he, I think he's already, so he's only a 16. So if they gave him that, he, that would jump him up. Uh, his attack would be really brutal. Uh, he's plus seven to hit already. Uh, that would knock him up a 16 going to a 20. What did I say it was? um a 23 so he would go from a plus three to a plus six which would give him plus 10 to hit he would never miss with his attacks um if they gave it to banner uh so i'm tempted not to i might but you know some bracers of ogre power uh the belt is that's also very rare that's really a uh yeah so gauntlets of ogre string yeah uh, are they gauntlets uh uh the gauntlets of ogre power so we'll we'll throw a set of these in there that's pretty good um uh that's a that's a nice big beefy uh thing and then let's throw i always like to throw some relics in there relics are fun so, um, Beacon of Hope, is that any good? What does Beacon of Hope do? Uh, uh, it's not bad. All right. So we're going to have a glowing prehistoric idol that casts Beacon of Hope. That's kind of a fun relic. And let's do one other relic. Uh, warm Gothic key that casts Shillelagh. Grim, grimy Dwarven Crown that casts Freedom of Movement. Um, freedom of Movement, is that really the right 
What's Holy Aura? Oh, Holy Aura is crazy good, right? Do I have that one right? Eighth level. Yeah, that's a super powerful one. That's too, that's, that's crazy. I'm not giving them Holy Aura. Um, the Grimy Dwarven Count that casts um, Spirit Weapon isn't bad. Uh, I think we'll do that one. That's a good one. And then uh, what? we'll do another treasure hoard in here. Uh, go to donjon, go to random generator, go to treasure, uh, CR7 treasure hoard. And uh, yeah, it looks fine. Some kind of interesting. I like the ones that have gemstones and stuff. This looks good. I'll grab that one. Um, so we've got a good deal of treasure, right? Enough treasure to, to certainly make the, the thing interesting. Relics are a great way. These like single use magic items are a great way to sort of add their vehicles for secrets. They, um, you know, you can tie a nice spell ability there. They don't overpower the characters because you can only use them once. Um, are, uh, are the odd numbers of strength there? So something that gives you a plus one strength still is useful. I think that it overtakes your strength. So I don't think you can really boost up, right? You can't, I don't think you, I don't think there's any item you can stack on top of a belt of giant strength that will give you plus one on top of that. Maybe an ion stone. Um, but yeah, when you, when you put on an item that your strength becomes that, right? It, there's, there's no bonus on top of that. I don't think. Um, so uh, that is solid. Now we got to go to the locations. So I, I already have like, you know, what beasts might exist. So I don't need much, but uh, we're going to go up here and we'll click on the Bugbear Menagerie. And I really have sort of two uh, areas here. I don't know if I can, how do I, man, I need, a, I need a thing. I need something between these two. There we go. Okay. Um, so, uh, location. So we have the front door, we have massive, uh, we're going to do some, uh, uh, what are we, what are we going to call these? I don't know. Locations. And we have, um, massive, uh, hobgoblin statues. Uh, these front couple of doors, I'm going to just kind of, you know, I'm not going to number them or anything. I'm just going to kind of say like, what's, what's in there. Um, there's that like murder, you know, goblin spy murder holes. Um, what would sort of be, what's that triangular room, you know, a, um, a dining hall. Uh, sort of a hor horrific dining hall. Uh, this room, let's see, where where do the bugbears live? Where do they where do they hang out? Uh, probably in this hall here. And then this is the menagerie, and then this is Kron's quarters. Um, 
and uh, these are just sort of central halls. Again, sort of more sort of goblin statues. We have the treasure vault. Uh, where does he keep his... Um, so there's probably like uh, an upper, like part of the ceiling is broken through and that's where he can kind of fly his, uh, fly the wyvern, right? Uh, and the wyvern is tame for him, not for anybody else. So, uh, so that's pretty good. Uh, anything interesting in this hallway here? Like what would be a cool thing for that hallway? Um, uh, old scrolls of the, the Connie. Well, I don't know. That's kind of tough. Something interesting that they would have in that hall. I don't know. I'll come up with it later. I'll leave a bullet. So then down in here, uh, what are some cool things that they could find? Uh, so underground, um, petrified statues. Um, there's like secret things down here too. Uh, webs, sticky webs. Uh, Twisted corpses. Uh, primordial. Uh, organic wall with eyes. That's to kind of get into the Daleker. Like the Daleker kind of sees them. Um, other kind of interesting things that they could find down here. What else? There's a lot of there's a lot of rooms down here. Uh, they could kind of tie a little bit to the monsters. Um, is there an altar? No, I guess that would be like the wall. We'll add an, an altar there. Uh, dwarven. Ancient dwarven bones. Um, what else could we put here? So we have petrified statues, sticky webs, twisted goblinoid corpses. Those are the the, the dolgrim. Uh, primordial scratches in the walls. Organic walls with eyes and an altar. Ancient dwarven bones. That's six. Uh, I'd love to have like four more. You know, four more would be really cool. Uh, uh, kind of weird things that you would find down. What were the monsters again? Let's go back to the monsters and see what see if that spawns any spawns any ideas. Flail snail, utter caps, displacer crocodile, gibbering mouther, uh, dolgrums, flail snails. I guess that's fine. I don't really need a lot of. Uh, I don't need a whole lot of location stuff. Archway that yells in Goblin. Yeah, so like, uh, let's see. So there's a couple of different sort of, what happened here? Why did this become untitled? Oh, I changed the name. 
Dope. Uh, so this is, um, there, somehow I screwed up the title. Archway that yells in Goblin, sure. Um, yeah, it could have like a dormant uh, Dakani gateway, right? That might be kind of cool. Old Dakani stuff. Uh, that's probably good enough. I don't think I need a whole lot. I'll, I'll, you know, there's not a lot of chambers that I want. I don't want them to have a whole bunch. And I, I, I'm probably not going to be using all of this. So, um, so that's all. I think that's all fine. Uh, I'd like the only thing I'd like is like to fill out, and I think we'll do like um, old uh, Dakani library. Uh, we'll be in that in that hall, that leading up to the murder halls, and that should be pretty good. So uh, I think I am ready, right? How do I feel? I feel pretty good. I feel like I can run this session. I feel like I've got what I need. I've got my strong start. Um, I've got my scenes. I got a good deal of secrets to reveal. Uh, and I my, my plan for this whole thing is that they, yeah, so they, they go there. They steal in the menagerie. I'm probably going to end it here. This whole like seven samurai thing because it's already gone like three sessions, and um, uh, the gateway to the north uh, is is kind of where it's going to end. You know, they'll they'll find that gateway and they'll step through, and um, it's kind of my hope is that we'll get there. We'll see if that you know we'll see if that's where it where it kind of ends up, um, and then they are off to at that point. Uh, where is let's go to my other window that I never used. Guys sitting right here. Um, well, that's boring. I'll just use this one. Keep, keep the other one being a pretty picture. Whoops. Uh, sources, source books, Eberron. Go to the maps. Uh, Corvair map. And open that up. Oh no, come on. Oh, what did I do? There we go. Uh, so they uh, wanted to get up to uh, Arl Dusk. So I think that there'll be a gateway to the Thornwood, which is just north of, or, or uh, underneath Arathon Keep. Um, gateway to Arathon Keep. And that'd be a good place for the game to end as they step through Arathon Keep. And then they are much closer to where they need to be. And then, then we are all set. So I think we are all set for today. I've got my notes. Uh, I've got ideas. I feel, most importantly, I feel like I've got what I need to be able to run a fun game. And uh, so there we are. So I want to thank everybody for coming today. Uh, always appreciate the company that you guys bring in Twitch. And for those of you uh, watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast, thank you all very much. And I will see all of you guys next week. Have a great, have a great week and uh, get out there and play some D&D. &D.